You're listening to the On the Go with the VAO News Podcast for the week ending December 4th, 2015. Hello and welcome to our weekly recap of the top headlines from this week's daily acquisition news. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Bill Olfer, VAO content developer and senior news writer. Derek Kern will return next week. It's December and that means it's time for the annual congressional list of wasteful, ineffective, or duplicative government spending. Senator James Lankford has taken over from former Senator Tom Coburn as the sponsor of this report, and he's given his list a football theme. Federal Fumbles, 100 Ways the Government Dropped the Ball. Among those 100 cases, the report discusses $43 million to construct a natural gas vehicle fueling station in Afghanistan, $36 million to construct a never-used command and control facility also in Afghanistan, $2.5 million in unnecessary vehicle fleet costs at the Federal Protective Service, outdated guidance documents from federal agencies, government-wide year-end use-it-or-lose-it spending, and $1.7 billion spent to maintain unused or underused federal properties. In news our listeners may find a bit more constructive, the Federal Acquisition Institute has released a new Project Manager's Guidebook, which documents project management concepts and best practices and provides tools and templates for civilian agency project and program managers. The guidebook is intended as a supplemental text for professionals enrolled in entry-level courses for FAC-PPM. The guidebook incorporates existing curriculum and covers topics like requirements development, budget planning and execution, and acquisition governance. And the 18F team has published a Delivery Partnership Playbook, a set of guidelines describing how the team works with agency partners on digital services projects. The guide is based on the team's experiences and frequently asked questions from its customers and sets out principles that 18F believes create a successful collaborative environment. Those principles include transparency, agile development, and user-centered design, and the playbook provides more information behind those principles, including how they are implemented and how agencies can know if they have the right environment to execute the principle. Federal CIO Tony Scott has announced the winners of the 2015 CIO Council IT Solutions Challenge. The six-month challenge brought together 39 frontline and mid-level IT staff members from 19 agencies, divided into six teams, to help identify policy and procedural problems that hamper the federal government's ability to purchase IT. There were two winning teams. The judges' award went to Team 2, which proposed a professional social network and communications platform for federal IT and acquisition professionals to foster collaboration across agencies. And the People's Choice Award went to Team 5, which proposed a cloud-hosted collaborative space where federal IT experts can test, customize, and share technology solutions to meet federal mandates and unique agency needs. Federal Computer Week has announced the winners of the 2015 Rising Star Awards, which recognize up-and-coming government or industry employees who have made an early mark in the information technology field. The federal honorees include employees from the Departments of Homeland Security and Health and Human Services, Customs and Border Protection, NASA, the U.S. Forest Service, and Environmental Protection Agency. The full list of winners and their profiles can be found on the magazine's website. In regulatory news, the National Science Foundation has published a final rule incorporating OMB grant guidance into its regulations, following numerous agencies who have issued similar rules in the past few months. 
Effective November 27, 2015, NSF is adopting a jointly issued interim final rule as final without change. The Department of Defense has published a final rule amending the DFARS to provide needed editorial changes. Effective this week, the final rule points contracting officers to additional DFARS procedures, guidance, and information by adding specific references into the DFARS. And finally, Federal Acquisition Circular 2005-84 arrived on Friday with five final and two interim rules. Four final rules are effective today, December 4, 2015. The first amends the FAR to establish a minimum hourly wage of $10.10 for workers performing on federal contracts and subcontracts. An interim rule published last year is adopted as final, with minor changes to specify that service or construction wage termination rates should only be considered if they are applicable to the worker. The revised language recognizes that workers with disabilities may not have been paid the full applicable service wage termination rate. The second final rule, also effective today, amends the FAR to implement an executive order on equal opportunity in federal employment. That order added sexual orientation and gender identity to the prohibited bases of discrimination. An interim rule published April 10, 2015 is adopted as final without change. A third rule amends the FAR to implement a pilot program enhancing whistleblower protections for contractor employees. This pilot was already implemented via an interim rule published in 2013, and the pilot program is effected through January 1, 2017, at which point previously existing protections which were not removed from the FAR will go back into effect. The fourth final rule made some technical changes to the FAR to amend some text. Uh, a fifth final rule amends the FAR to update the government contract file retention periods to conform to changes in the National Archives and Records Administration General Records Schedule. NARA eliminated the distinction between contracts valued over and under the simplified acquisition threshold for purposes of record keeping and unified all retention under a single period of six years. This final rule also updates other FAR language to align with the GRS and is effective January 4th. 2016. And finally, that brings us to the two new interim rules. The first interim rule amends the FAR to implement sections of the current continuing resolution, which prohibited the government from entering into a contract with any corporation that has a delinquent federal tax liability or a felony conviction under any federal law, unless the agency has considered suspension or debarment and has determined that this action is not necessary. The second interim rule amends the FAR to implement a final rule issued by the Department of Labor's Veterans Employment and Training Service, which replaced the VETS 100 and VETS 100A Federal Contractor Veterans Employment Report forms with a new VETS 4212 form. This rule applies to solicitations and contracts awarded on or after the effective date and modifications on or after the effective date to existing contracts if the contracts are otherwise being modified. Both of these interim rules are effective February 26, 2016. The FAR councils will accept comments on the interim rules until February 2nd. And that's it for this week. If you are a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can find links to this week's headlines for further reading on VAO on the same page where you downloaded this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Tune in next week, Friday, December 11th, for another weekly news recap. Derek Kern will be back. Goodbye.